commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Scottback, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news show for in-depth coverage for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, the new second rundown for April 9th, 2021. Starlight Beacon Bulletin. Clone Wars Conspectus. But first, this news. All right, so we should, probably should have covered this in a reading Rathar section, but um, I think we, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Kristen Baver, who hosts this uh, Star Wars This Week in Star Wars, uh, basically the Star Wars show that's ongoing every week um, at StarWars.com. She also has written a, you know, a bunch of amazing um, uh, articles on StarWars.com and stories and, and just and done incredible work reporting uh, on Star Wars news and things like that at starwars.com but now she's written a new book and it's a uh, skywalker a family at war and it basically covers the the skywalker family you know from the prequels to the original trilogy to the sequels and it's a uh, it's 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 really fascinating i think i, re- I read an excerpt i picked up the book i'm, I'm going to read it all i think we should probably cover it at some point in a reading Rathar section but um did you guys hear about this book or did you guys see the news about this <laughs> Yeah, I heard about it a, a little while ago, but it kind of slipped under my radar just because some of the kind of ancillary non-fiction books I, I tend to sleep on a little bit. And then, um, you know, I saw a little bit of coverage over the last few days about this, and it really piqued my interest. So I think I, I definitely is something I think we should, I agree, Grant, kind of pick up and go over. It looks like it kind of covers, it's almost written as if it's in-universe, right? Like a biographer trying to write the story of the Skywalker family. Right, yeah. Universe. Yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to read the excerpt, Grant. What's the what's the tone of the writing style? Well, there's a there's here's a um uh here's a, a little tidbit from DK Publishing where they say it's a the Skywalker story has everything: passion, intrigue, heroism, and dark deeds. The revelatory biography explores every twist and turn of the Skywalker dynasty: the slow seduction to the dark side uh, of Anakin his doomed mar- marriage to Padme, the heroics of Luke and Leia, the fallen redemption of Han Solo and Princess Leia's son, Ben, and the struggles of his dyad in the Force, Rey. Um, leaving no stone, stone unturned in tracing the dynasty's trials and tribulations, this definitive biography of Star Wars' first family explores and explains the deeper, more personal story of the Skywalkers, their characters, motivations, and, the, and against seemingly impossible odds, their ultimate triumph. Um, pretty cool, just little um, kind of summary of what the the, the book is about. Um, the excerpt was fantastic. Uh, Kristen's prose are excellent. Um, it was a riveting read. Um, it's it's beautiful to just just get a perspective on that story from uh, a new angle and kind of yeah see someone's personal. I, what I love is the subjective kind of takeaway of Star Wars. I, I love hearing. What other people think about Star Wars? I go to you know anyone you know any age and I ask them you know what's their experience like with Star Wars and how does it make them feel and things like that because I everyone's everyone just takes it in differently and it's it's fascinating to just um, and this book especially just felt like a fresh new angle on the uh, the family story and um, definitely worth a read and it's definitely going into my bookshelf so yeah and uh, the applaud Kristen on that work right the the author Kristen Baber so she's associated with Lucasfilm right she's works for starwars.com yeah. um, and she has a, a show with this week in star wars um on youtube right 
Yeah, it's like a companion piece to the Star Wars show. But I think that covers more kind of what's coming out like this week in Star Wars, like exactly as it sounds, like just everything that's new and, and dropping. Um, sounds familiar. What's really interesting, or this kind of made me think a bit about new ways to tell Star Wars stories, right? We, we we're seeing a ton of shows being announced in on Disney Plus, and we're going to cover uh, some Clone Wars stuff today. It's kind of maybe get us into a conversation of how we can tell more stories. Wouldn't it be really interesting to have a nonfiction story set up in Star Wars? And what I mean is think of it like how how popular true crime documentaries are. Like imagine if they had an in-world documentary series right. like on Disney Plus. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought it'd be incredible if we we saw some of the puppets and animatronics and kind of uh, robotics work from the films, you know, take shape yeah. in kind of weekly news news show. Yeah. Yeah. They can't have Grex though. Grex is ours. No. Grex is ours. But I just I just this idea of like a fake documentary <laughs> like someone like trying to trace down the origins of darth vader in universe like telling this like right. 12 part like fake like true crime documentary in the star wars universe about darth vader like who is darth vader who was where did he come from all the victims were seemingly choked except for a few with cauterized wounds all yeah. i saw yeah. was red right. yeah. <laughs> who is this mysterious That's... masked killer I just feel like you have a bunch of amputees in front of a front of a screen for like for two hours, just telling their encounter. The with end Darth of that Vader. show ends with Vader just busting the the producers and taking out the camera people. Right. <laughs> like the, the end of the jinx, you just he just forgets he has a thing. He goes to the bathroom. He's like, <gasps> kill them all. <gasps> oh no, they're gonna figure out him. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> that would actually yeah, be hilarious. Well, um, I don't know what's happening. Uh, I think a uh, Sarah Coons Afra series was was like that to a degree. I don't know if you guys listened to that. I think it was an audiobook. It was an audiobook, audiobook. and they also just published. I think this week they just published the um, the book version of it, basically the transcript, like they did with the the Dooku audiobook. I think that just came out this week as well. Um, so I gotta check that one out. Yeah, I definitely need to pick up that as well. So two books: Skywalker, yeah. Family of War, and um, Doctor Afra. Um, stage play, uh, uh, audio play. I forget what the format is. Yeah. Um, fascinating. Uh, right on. Yeah, it's always interesting. I mean, I, I was sort of skeptical about a certain point of view, and then those ended up being a couple of my favorite books um, ever. And so um, this seems like a really long certain point of view. I love that it's in Galaxy like we are. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. this is, it's going to be an interesting read. Now, from the front lines of the other MCGs, Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus. Very good, sir. Thank you, Cody. All right. Uh, this is another edition of Clone Wars Conspectus. Um, a, a different one this week, a different kind of one. Um, we've been talking about Tartakovsky's Star Wars for the past couple of weeks. It just seems like it's come up. Then we found out the um, vintage Star Wars collection that's been released on Disney+. Plus. And um, these awesome shorts that ran from 2002 to 2005, um, the full compilation has been put out in two hour-long episodes on Disney+. Plus um, For your enjoy enjoyment, edited together and beautifully uh, remastered in uh, 16 by 8 um, uh, for your enjoyment. And I had been wanting to watch these again anyways just because they're super fun. 
Um, but when I actually watched them this week, it blew me away. Um, yeah. So we decided sort of offhand, like, well, they released all these things. Let's let's talk about them in a segment, um, not really knowing what we'd get into. I got a lot more out of this than I thought I would. Um, what did you two, what are your two big takeaways or, you know, your broad takeaways, gentlemen, from uh, from watching this? I mean, I find them equally mesmerizing. And yeah, uh, I was also uh, taken aback by just how phenomenal some of the compositions are just in the you know the the, the illustrations and the, the actual framing and the compositions are are just spectacular in this show it just feels like a vast kind of um battlefield and um and it's able to uh it's able to uh, have moments of levity and kind of comedy where i think uh yeah. the Clone Wars series isn't able to kind of get to these these certain points where it almost felt like a marvel movie like an mcu film mm. a little bit just because yeah it's totally. able to have those really funny beats the physical comedy and and then the sort of like really fun timing and and, and reveal kind of stuff uh that's also comedic and kind of uh, ironic and really really fun moments and then it's able to have you know really dark you know <laughs> really crazy you know the romantic moments really you know beautiful compositions of you know anakin and uh padme and um do some of the deeper yeah. stuff too and i was like wow it has like a range like this this work has real range to it and um and also it's just power fantasy it's yeah i think that's okay we and it could be if you really you know there was a backlash against the last jedi for just um for luke not not being this sort of like all-powerful jedi figure i guess was one of the fan feedback that was there that i don't think any of us had that reaction to the film but um that that was out there and i guess being buzzed about but uh i mean this show definitely seeded that thought in a lot of people so yeah you can't really blame the fans either i think this 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 show was like all out jedi power fantasy yeah i think uh, you know similarly like it is it's just it it takes some huge swings in a way that i feel like we haven't seen yeah. in a long time and I think it it hits more than it whiffs, um, and and I remember really enjoying this. I remember, I remember watching them. Like I remember actually watching them live on television when they were happening. Because yeah. at that point there was so little Star Wars after the prequels, and and I, I was a person who was at the time very disappointed with the prequels. I, we've talked about me coming around on them quite a bit, and I think it's things like this and the new Star War and and the new Clone Wars um, CGI that that um or computer that really kind of brought me around on those movies right because they give you this depth to it and something i i remember this is i just tell a little story because i think it's always funny because every time i see this I, I think of this i um i remember when they released the computer animated star wars movie like the first thing in the theaters they actually did a limited run of that of that movie of that first segment um I remember I was in Boston. I just kind of moved back from Bo to Boston. I was newly single, uh, and I decided to go on a meetup to nice. go to that. Do you remember, like, there was this, like, thing where you could just meet up with people who liked the same things, thinking maybe I'd find someone who liked Star Wars. It didn't really pan out that way. But um, I, I later met some friends for a drink out, and Ben, I, was, I went out with some friends, and Matt was one of those friends. Uh, oh, I'm sure that and, helped things. Well, no. So, so I talked to him about it because he's just like about the movie, and I'm like, "Oh, I, I went to go see the Clone Wars," and he was so excited because he thought it was this version of the Clone Wars. And when I explained to him what it oh, was, yeah. I still always remember his reaction of, 
Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> right, right. He loves this so much. So every time I see this, the Tarasky is, I think of how much he loves them. And that just makes me so happy of someone who just loves this. And, and I just, I kind of carry that every time I see this, it's just the magic in his eyes. Whenever he thinks of this, I kind of see it uh, through his eyes. Yeah. For yeah. those listening at home, Matt Savage is my yeah. musical life partner. Um, I've been in a band with him for 10 years. Um, he is truly one of God's own prototypes. Um, <laughs> and it, he's a, a amazing artist um, yeah. in a lot of ways, a, a, a amazing musician. He, but he's very opinionated and he's yes, just, he there's is. some things he loves and there's some things he hates. And it, yeah. I don't agree with a hundred, you know, I don't yeah. agree with 70% of the things he likes, but that's why I like, you know, um, creating with him. But uh, yeah, no, he loves the Tartakovsky. He loves Tartakovsky, period. But he loves he loves this version of the Clone Wars series. Like, yeah, he really as does. you know, as much as anything in the world. I mean, it's it's pretty high octane action. I mean, battles yeah. erupt in this show, it, and it's, yeah, yeah, and go on and on and on. It's wonderful story. Yeah, um, yeah. I, so actually, you know, you said it was post um, clone cl- uh, prequels, but it's actually mid prequels. Yeah, this uh, this right. came after out between Clone episodes. Wars. Yeah, after Clone Wars, it yeah. came out. Yeah. Um. Yeah. After Attack Clone of Wars. The clones. Sorry, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. After Attack of the Clones, and then um, it it the last episode was released two months before, um, uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. Right. You're which, right. I totally forgot about that. Which yeah. begs the question: Like, how much did he know? Because it's it's a little fanficy. Yes. It, because in but he was given so much leverage. So first of all, you get like just clips. He just samples, like drops in John Williams' score wherever he feels like he wants to, and he also pulls out like Ben Burt's like sound design, but like straight from the movies. Like it yeah. didn't feel like he was given the full sound bank. I want to talk about that for a second because that's literally my first note on this. Is like the sound design is amazing because he just clearly. I just wrote this clearly just opened the Skywalker sound vault and just plugged things in. Right. And it sounds there's very, and I mean this positively, there's mm. very little original sound in this, right? Like it's all yeah. just from the Skywalker. And so every time I listen to this, it feels, I don't know how to say this. It feels more like star Wars in some ways than the prequel movies do, because I feel like all of the noises he took were more from like the original trilogy in some ways. Yeah. And just like rough shot, like the, yeah. um, the dirge sound effects are Chewbacca. Mm. It's yeah, wild. yeah, hundred percent. Didn't have um, they didn't have Grievous's sound design yet, so mm-hmm. he made Grievous sound like Darth Vader in an yeah. awesome way. Like the the lines were delivered just like James Earl Jones would deliver them with a really similar vocoder on it. Yeah, and it's like it, he just grabbed snippets like from the original trilogy, and um, and it, he used it so effectively. I, I feel like at this time, like I don't know, I. I loved Attack of the Clones when I saw it, when it came out. I was riding high on this wave of the prequels. I thought it was super fun. There was some blowback in the ether. Like, we don't have the, the, you know, the crazy, you know, social networking that now that we did then. But we had some. um, But there was a sort of some pining for the original trilogy. And I feel like it, 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 like, Tartakovsky had huge um, latitude to just do whatever he wanted with this and he just did it and he was like i'm gonna make this the way i want to and was really able to take a first shot at what the clone wars look like and yeah i think he did it beautifully and what i'd like to avoid here is comparing it to feloni's clone wars um 
because it's not a comparison. It's not like what's better, but this was really good storytelling, like really good Star Wars st storytelling. And Tartakovsky like tapped in to a a type like a feeling and emotion that spirit of Star Wars in a really great and effective and original way with these stories that I hope you know future storytellers look at and and think about when they're making their new um their new you know stories whatever comes out well i always think of the star wars visions that's coming out right which are the anime series like yeah. i i'm really excited this made me i was already excited this made me very excited for that this is i mean i've always argued that uh we should get you know if we ever get palpatine's backstory i think an anime anime yes. format yeah. might be i love that <laughs> the best format to do that because yeah it can be extremely visceral that way and I'd, uh yeah i'd love to see darth Plagueis in anime i mean that would be yeah the, the book you know lucino's yeah. book but but tartakovsky covers some really fun ground with characters like asajj ventress and, and mace windu and like some of the, the most compelling characters from the prequels and and some characters that got cut from the prequel films you know i mean like Asajj Ventress, I think, I think is one of the most interesting characters in mm -hmm. Star Wars. And I think it was just it, yeah. it, it uh, she arrived she arised from concept art that was done. I think it was either like possible villain for yeah the, the second film, and that was they were I like, believe so, they, right? They were yeah. playing with the idea that this, this Asajj would be the villain in that film, and then I guess went full on Count Dooku. I mean, um, if you get Christopher Lee, you you go with Christopher yeah, Lee. Yeah, I guess you just give. Yeah, and it, it's really I did some research trying to see if there was any behind the scenes on this as far as what the collaboration was between Lucas and and Tartakovsky. And there's not a lot there. There had to yeah. be some, especially towards the end, because he sets up like the second half sets up the beginning mm -hmm. of um, of uh, Revenge of the Sith perfectly. It's it just right. like a butts right against it. And actually, it works with the season seven of the Filoni series. Filoni, I think, used a lot of this stuff, yeah. and uh, I think he really respects Tartakovsky. If I was, if I was to guess, because it's just a guess, but he danced right around all of this, including the Ahsoka like story. So you have towards the end of this, um, this this final trial um, for Anakin, and I mean, the, if there's very little plot and story movement and character development in this Tartakovsky stuff, which I think is pr great. That's kind of actually what I, you know, would have liked. I, I, I sort of after watching this, I was like, what would Attack of the Clones be like if it was just vignettes of battles um, instead of this big story development? I mean, but that's just a, you know, fanboy wanting a thing. But I got it here. And um, and I love the fact that like an hour long segment was dedicated to just a Jedi, the Jedi trials of Anakin Skywalker, which is like yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch that. And so there's this one missing element of his trial. And so while he's going through that trial. It's like he gets back from that trial and then he meets Ahsoka in season seven. And I think there's I would love to revisit it because she's like, what do you guys been up to? And he's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> he was just like tattooed by slugs and like, you know, <laughs> caused, a, you know, saved a whole generation of males on a warring thing and beat back Wat Tambor and, you know, um, and did all these things. And it, it's, it's sort of funny when you think about how Filoni's um, Clone Wars and Tartakovsky's uh clone wars nest together well this yeah. is also a very fertile ground for storytelling i feel like uh, an outer sieges outer rim sieges disney plus series would yeah. do very well i feel like a lot of people would watch oh totally 
right? Yeah. Yeah, I would love if they would retcon this and just say, yes, this is also canon. Not that that matters, right? Like, it doesn't affect my enjoyment at all when I watch this. I, my brain tries... When, I think it's just so action-packed, my brain tends to shut down as opposed to trying to solve the riddle of how this fits in. But, like, the Clone Wars are so expansive and so little of it's told. Even with seven seasons of the Clone Wars cartoon, I feel like there's still so many stories that are untold that you can say, yeah, this all counts. This is all there. These are all things that happened, right? And And... I just and there there's some really interesting YouTube clips of side by side comparisons between the two series where clearly Filoni and the animators were borrowing from this in honor, yeah. right? In, in to honor it. And I and I think so. And I just I'm still blown away that this series happened. Me right? Too. Because yeah. me too in a lot yes. of ways. That it, was like my biggest one takeaway is like I yeah. can't believe this happened. And right? it's yeah. it's pre-Disney owned Lucasfilm. And this is yeah. it was the Lucas, you know, the whole Star Wars quote unquote canon was the wild west. It was kind of like, well, just do your best and try not to trample on something. Yeah, and, we'll figure and it out. And just let people tell their stories. And uh yeah, it's pretty wild to think about it. Like uh, you said, we have the knighting of Anakin Skywalker in a cartoon that was on Adult Swim, right? <laughs> like it's it's incredible. There's huge, huge plot things that that happen in here. I mean the whole recruitment of Asajj Ventress, and we got yeah. some of that in the in the Dooku audiobook, um, Jedi Lost. Yeah, right. Um, because it's kind of told from Ventress's point of view, but it's sort of you you could squeeze this story in there, in a sure. certain way. Um, and it's you know it, it just adds a lot to it to to see where where she came from, and um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think. Sorry, I had this point and I just lost it. So I'm just going to blather for a little bit now. Well, the, I mean, the fact that he covers the Battle of Coruscant in this yeah. is insane to me. It's like that yeah. is it's yeah. a pretty climactic moment. That's basically our Battle of Yavin. That's basically, you know, it's a huge moment in galactic history. Yeah, and you had Yoda and Mace Windu fighting back to back on the streets of Coruscant. Totally OP, pulling like troop transports out of the sky and smashing them together. You have Mace Windu just like clearing out swaths of I really battle droids. A Mace Windu prequel show would do would be amazing, just to see young Mace know, running around the galaxy. Yeah. Oh, Dude, I would. I, yo, yeah. so okay, so I have two points that address both of your last two points. I remembered what I was right. going to say. <laughs> I think I think what we're seeing here, bringing in these vintage stories. And also adopting the re-releasing certain books that we talked about last week, where there's these these certain titles they're bringing in. They're smudging the lines in between canon and legends. Yeah. And, and in a way that it's like their arms are almost around this like beloved old canon stuff, but not quite all the way around. And I think they, you know, to a point where it almost doesn't matter whether it's legends or it's canon anymore, because it's essentially been brought into the Pantheon and, and you can um, watch it and enjoy it. And it's going to add to your, your storytelling, but I think they will be official at some point. Also, yeah. how many people did you see jump out of skyscrapers in, in Coruscant and live, including Mace Windu, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm answering my own question here, but <laughs> like true. a lot. Yeah. yeah and right, I'm just true. saying Mace Windu lived for sure. Yeah. 100%. We're going to get so, to do again. My follow-up question to that is... Polish um, Red Saber, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he, he has the he has the Banff lifesaver ready to go at any given time. Right. Um, 
It does. Favorite. It's an engraved yeah. Banff, right? Banff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can Google what Banff stands for, but we don't want to lose our. We don't want to have an explicit rating on her thing. So that's it's, right. This is a family show. It's bad. Yeah, blank, no family blank, would blank. understand. Yeah. Um, but my question, kind of follow up that is, I, I may do the same thing where I answer, ask and answer my own question, but I'll ask the question, and get your thoughts on it. It's kind of like, so why isn't this canon? And yes, it tramples a little bit on what's been canon, but I think you can squeeze in. I think part of it might be exactly what you were talking about and, and Grant alluded to, which is how OP the Jedi are in this. Do you think <laughs> yeah. that might be a bit of why this is not canon? Because they make them like straight up superheroes in this thing. I mean, I feel like Yoda and Mace could have cleared out the Battle of Geonosis themselves if they yeah. were as powerful. Yeah. yeah. And it totally works in this in this style, right? Like I never bump up against it when I'm watching it, but I wonder if that's like kind of the story group is like, well, they're a little little much yeah i mean this is you know just you know after this the force unleashed comes out you know like obviously the jedi outcast jedi academy games were pretty yeah. op like it, like the, the, the storytelling is really unrestrained and i think what's great about the new canon and the new management is that uh feels more restrained and it also feels bigger the galaxy just feels bigger in a lot of ways and, and they're really and they're, they're keeping the air of mystery that's so important to star wars and i hope just upping the strangeness like i, I hope just more aliens more weird creatures going forward because I, I love that stuff yeah, yeah. and he, he did a lot of that he dipped into creatures a lot and and you know aliens and the whole you know mythos there i think part of it again was that sort of backlash i don't know about y'all but like when i saw that battle of geonosis i was like okay a hundred jedi against ten thousand battle droids i like these odds and they kind of got you know their butts kicked and i was like i don't really get that and and i think yeah you know tartakovsky might have felt that way too and it was just like wait no jedi you know but it, it's sort of certain jedi have certain powers and um and he did temper it because his grievous is you know headcanon for me that's that's what grievous is like he yeah. is He's a beast in this, and Doesn't he's he someone that I'd appear with his feet in this oh, like, all the time. Claws. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I mean, violent, violent deaths to Jedi um, by him. He's like a truly fearsome adversary in this. And I mean, yeah, we were talking about things that we see in this series that are huge milestones in the timeline of 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 Star Wars. And I mean, one of them is Count Dooku like training Grievous in the in, in like lightsaber combat i mean another thing is r2d2 is a congratulations gift from padme to anakin because we never yeah. really, like it's 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 padme's droid like yep. there's no reason for that droid to be anakin's droid and it, it, there's no dialogue it's just it's a um it, they they he parroted or mimicked or called back or rhymed with the, the um help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope like showed mm -hmm. a a uh, hologram of her being like, please accept this droid as a, you know, token of my, of, you know, of congratulations. And, and then, cause he lost R4 in the, uh, in, in his first starfighter, which was awesome. But, uh, yeah. that was a huge moment that we never get, like, that's never explained. Like, why does Anakin have R2D2 with him? Like, it's not his droid, it's C3PO. And C3PO would look stupid in a starfighter. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, 
speaking of Anakin and the reaction to R4, which is like the only time I feel like you see him actively upset in the series in some ways is when he loses the droid. Yeah. Because I like I love the animation style. I mean, we talk about it all night long, but I, I, I like the animation style with how they did it with Anakin because I see I see the connection between this Anakin and Darth Vader very clearly, right? Like as much yeah. as he's super heroic, he's dark. You can see it. He looks dark. Like he looks like he's just at the razor's edge of going over to the dark side throughout this entire thing. And I, and I enjoy that. And they did a good job in the um in the animated Clone Wars or the CGI Clone Wars as well, like later on. But this is I really enjoy the animation style. But there's so many more episodes in Filoni's Clone Wars. That yeah, it's like he had to really pick his spots. But this was yeah. just like the whole time, like you said, Razor's Edge. And ironically, I feel like he was must much. much uh, Tartakovsky was much more Luke Lucasian. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, the especially early on in the early episodes, it's, it's very it's like a, the pouty, whiny Anakin. Um that we get a lot of in the feature films um, yeah. in this series. And I feel like Lucas himself and um, Filoni sort of retconned that a little bit and showed like the other side of him as the leader and the warrior. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, really Filoni stuff, it starts off with him already being a Jedi Knight. So, yeah. So we get uh, that journey a little more. And I think it's hard to when you're going to have, you know, what, 12, 16 episodes a season and you're going to have seven seasons. That's a hard Right. character to get behind for that long <laughs> yeah. um so they did they totally reconned anakin um and, and you yeah. see this quantum shift in the obi-wan anakin relationship when he become when anakin becomes a jedi knight it was yes. like you know it's like uh, it's kind of a trope right but you're the older brother and you've lost both of your parents and you're forced to raise your children right and like that's sort of what Obi-Wan is to Anakin. He's not his father. He's his older brother that's playing right. That's playing parent to 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 raise his little brother. But then once they're both of age and they're peers, their relationship gets much nicer. Like they 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 be mm-hmm. they get much nicer to each other and they start kind of figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. Their yeah. relationship gets much more healthy and they they get along a lot better. Um and he was, you know, Tartakovsky was able to explain this in just like a couple of scenes. And it, yep. it was really pretty cool. So much visual storytelling in these series. Like I I um was watching this, some of this with the with um just subtitles on because I was doing other stuff. Read watching dishes. Don't, watching dishes also don't have headphones, didn't want to wake the baby, but wanted to do my quote unquote homework for the for the episode. And so there's there was like a good two minutes where I'm like did I not put subtitles on? <laughs> right. Cause it's just, <laughs> cause no one's talking, right. No one's but talking. I, yeah. It's actually kind of almost the perfect show. I mean, again, the sound design is amazing. So watch it with it. But in terms of like, you can follow it. You could almost follow the entire series without actually having subtitles. Like it's very visual in terms of a story. Gorgeous composition. Yeah. And like, I mean, we didn't even talk about the clone troopers. I mean, he yeah. Highlight. He does wonderful kind of like war reenactments with the clone troopers. And it's, it's really cool. Visuals, visuals for, uh, the battle scenes. Yeah. He focuses on the arc troopers, which is a weird sort of thing. Like, well, we'll just go to the elites. They never, like they barely ever talk. It's always hand signals. And I wonder if he was like, well, I'm going to, I need to give them latitude to sort of develop these characters more later on, but it's the antithesis of what Filoni did, which like Filoni gave them all individual personalities and their characters and all that. Like 
all the clones are nameless in Tartakovsky, but they're just like they just do their thing and, and they're very effective and they're it's very fun to watch. And I mean, there's just some great see it's like really cool military maneuvers. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. it just makes them look cool, which they already look cool in that armor. But like the 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 action that he had them uh, take just looked awesome. I mean, Tartakovsky's done a bunch of amazing projects, um, but this one I for me will always be my favorite for obvious reasons. But I feel like this yeah. was real high work. Slightly biased, <laughs> but right, yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, but it just felt pitch perfect. So. I'm on the I'm on the Disney Plus app right now because I was I had the I had the I had it scrolling in the background while we were talking. And so it ended and it just went to the Star Wars screen at the very bottom. If you go to Disney Plus and go to the very bottom of, of the Star Wars segment, there's Star Wars through the years. And they do this with all their things, which I like. They actually show in chronological in universe order the things you're supposed to watch. Really? And, yes. So at the very bottom at it the goes, tail end of the credits. Yeah, and it goes release order a little bit, so it's just really interesting because it, it's it's a little no at the very tail end. If you go into like if you go to Disney Plus and click on the Star Wars section yep. and you scroll all the way down to that oh, screen, okay. it just shows you that chronological. It's it's somewhat chronological order, so it's really interesting because it actually does the it it's it does it by um, release order in terms of like years and stuff. But I think it's funny because. It goes like A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Then there's the two Ewok movies, then the Ewoks cartoon, then the Phantom Menace. So anyway, it's so kind of doing this. Yeah. So it's 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 put, it's slotted in the vintage stuff in there. Yeah. Which I think is interesting, except for the Tartarowski's Clone Wars, which they just put all the way at the end. <laughs> like really? after everything, after the after the new holiday special and after the new galaxy, uh, the, the gallery episodes, there's like. And there's this. We don't even know where to put this. Like, right. They probably don't know yet. Yeah. They just know they want to give it its due and they want to yeah. put it out. It's great. Uh, do you want to hear some of the random notes I made while I was watching this? Yeah, let's get random. All right. Uh, there's a lot of evocative imagery in the Kit Fisto on Malkala segment. <laughs> evocative oh, the underwater what? segment? <laughs> yes. I will let I will let you watch that segment. <laughs> And uh, yeah. and uh, gather well, I mean, what I mean. There's... Have Have you watched Samurai Jack? Isn't that yeah pretty explicit sometimes? <laughs> it's You're very like, evocative. Oh my good it's... goodness! What is happening? There's a lot of thirst traps going on. I'm just saying, Kit Fist does a yeah. thirst trap. <laughs> well, just because he has his bathing, he's, he looks sweet in a bathing suit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a very attractive fish man. Um, <laughs> he has a weird. He has a until funny, he reveals uh, like a maniacal grin. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of funny to think maybe he's just wearing a bathing suit under his robes all the time. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah. He uh, he he has a belt buckle that's a yin yang, but it's two fish. I did not notice that. That's awesome. You weren't okay. looking at his belt buckle. That's weird. No, I was. I was not looking at his belt buckle. <laughs> I was all about the chest. Um, let's see. There's a surprising number of lances in these segments. Yes, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. So. So we get Dirge, which we're gonna get. We talked about this earlier. We're gonna get this in Afro scene. Dirge is apparently making a comeback in Afro, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Gonna be canonized. Uh, yeah. Tentacle Man. Also, add this one to uh, Obi Wan's kill count. By the way, as far as like, yeah. like massive boss battles. Um, but one thing I forgot is so <laughs> Dirge has a biker school. What is it called? A, a biker team? No, they're like a biker gang. gang. Uh, biker yeah. bike gang, right? Yeah. Of of like swoop bikes. But his gang is all IG units. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So you have Lego I'm, hands. 
Right. Like with Lego hands. Right. But it, yeah. like it, I didn't realize it, but I think the Mandalorian, we get that like iconic scene in episode oh, yeah. eight where we get IG 11 on a, on a swoop, on a, on a oh, man. speeder, right. just yeah. like kicking butt. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, it's in there. Totally. It's in their programming somewhere to be awesome on speeder bikes. Like, I just wonder if that, if Favra like saw that and was like, that's a good oh, thing. Or Taika saw it or Taika. like, I, you know, Taika watched this. This is so up yeah. Taika's alley. Like this is probably, which is interesting, right? Does this, bode for what we're going to get in Taika's movie, right? Did he, is this kind of something he's really interested in, in doing this in live action? Like, I, I so. could totally see him trying to do something like this. And then lastly, I just did a few. Uh, Anakin has a shocking amount of armpit hair. Yeah. A lot of burgeoning blonde armhead, armpit hair. There's yeah. a couple armpit yeah. hair scenes. I will say, though, the like, so that like trial scene, I, I do yeah. love the tattoo slugs. Yes. And then like how he looks with like a gleaming gold arm, white skin with a royal blue, same color as lightsaber and eyes like tattoo. And then like it, it looks it's really iconic. It looks like almost the colors of his um, pod racer and in the way that the, the blue outlines the red of his scar. So it's like this oh, it's like yeah. light side, dark yeah. side on his eye scar. It's it, that's pretty cool. Like it it's, is. It's I... pretty cool. I love how much we get his robot arm yeah, in the series and that it's just there. And it's like, I kind of wish that's, that's what we got throughout the entirety of the series, right? Like he just wore this thing as a, as a pride, not, not didn't hide it. <laughs> I always think of that gold arm as his like nuptial arm. Cause we it's don't true, really see it in like his wedding. <laughs> it's, it's and so I'm like, true. why is he fighting with his nuptial arm? Doesn't he have like a James battle arm he uses? Yeah. But like, I think that would have been interesting in the prequels, right? If like he just he didn't care, right? Like because he's so into robots and so into building things in the first series in, in, in Phantom Menace that you would almost be like Anakin would be like happy with a robot arm. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing. He would just like 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 what we get with Luke, you know, at the end of Force Awakens and and in um, Last Jedi. I just feel like you should you, you Anakin would have just not done synth flesh, right? He just would have been like, yeah, it's a robot. Yeah. It's cool. Right. I'm part droid now and better for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but the end of that last battle and all the warriors are missing their right arms. Um, yeah. You know, the others because of the genetic modifications, which also we get some cloning sort of dark science um, on the, you know, on the, the dark side there, which is a little indicative of what we might see in Mandalorian as well. But uh, they all come back. I mean, uh, it's beautiful storytelling. Yeah, it really is. Um, anything else in your grab bag there? I think that's good. I think they had everything I, I needed to say. I, I, I feel bad. I feel like I, I focused on uh, people's physical things there. But uh, <laughs> that's okay. It's a cartoon. I'm going to do it. Oh, I, right. am, uh, I am very happy it's now on Disney Plus and uh, yeah. watch it whenever. So yeah. we haven't talked about plans about this vintage thing, but there's a few other things that have popped up on the vintage segment, which I'm so glad they, they made. One is the old Ewoks cartoon. Droids cartoon, by the way, is coming soon. Um, I don't know why it didn't pop out with the other ones. I wonder if they have to do some remastering or something with it that's taking a while. But the Ewoks cartoon and I, Ben, you know, I'm not going to single I'm not going to single you out, Grant, because we don't want to like, you know, talk about ages. But 
I feel like I missed <laughs> droids and Ewok when Ewoks. I feel like I was slightly too young. Did you, did you watch those when they were on Saturday morning cartoons? I did, and they scared you? heck. I literally had yeah. nightmares about them. Because I remember the I'm Ewok. Like, I'm a little afraid to watch them again. Yeah, so I think we absolutely should. We won't do it for next week because we have something else planned for next week. But I think at some point I'd like to revisit these these vintage things. And I'm excited to rewatch to, to actually watch. I've never seen Ewoks, the Ewoks cartoon. It's like the one thing in my Star Wars bingo card that I've never filled out. Right. Like I've never watched the Ewok or the droids cartoon. And I know they're not going to be good, but I think it'd be really fun to watch and have. A, and they're not too many episodes of either. So I think we should totally do that for a, a segment. I think would be fun. Yeah, it's good. It's new content. Yeah. I mean, they're they're laying this out for us. They're laying it out for a reason, and um, yes. we should do it. I will, I will face my fears. You will suck it up. <laughs> see Caravan of Courage again. Um, so that's the other thing is I think for the for the Caravan of Courage and the Battle for Endor because I watched those on a loop when I was a kid. I didn't watch the cartoons, but I watched those movies. I think I know what we're doing for the next two life days because <laughs> yeah. we because last year or the year before we watched the holiday special and did a commentary track. We we 100 have to do a commentary just track us for eating pizza. For yeah, yeah, yeah. You got well, to listen to us eat pizza for yeah an hour and a half. And be explaining seventies <laughs> seventies pop culture phenomenons to pe- to our listeners. Be like, this is Jefferson Starship. They're important because. Uh, but I feel like it would be fun to to kind of do the watch the Caravan of Courage uh, and Bell Frandor and do a commentary track on those. I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, um, and then they also dropped the. Um, the uh, the fateful Wookiee, which is the segment from the um, from the holiday special, which I don't know if we need to cover that again, but that's on there as well, which is exciting. Right. And I know, Grant, you watched the um, the Boba Fett um, pull out from the holiday special, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. what the fateful yeah. Wookiee, which. Oh, know. that's a fateful Wookiee. I oh. don't know why they call it that, but yeah, it's fantastic. Which, it's actually mind blowing. Uh, I. See, this yeah. is kind of what I I'm thinking for the Taika Waititi project. It's either either maybe droids or something like the 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 Faithful Wookiee short animation, where it's just the city looks so interesting. The aliens in the background and the rounded architecture and just the how Macorian it is. Yet it's different art. It's a different uh, the, the art style. It's 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 cool. It's a really cool short animated, you know vignette of boba fett basically like it's basically like the proto boba fett discovering the identity of luke like boba fett tracking luke it's like that it's like the first story to kind of cover that ground and uh, then later in the comics uh i think in the main star wars run i think uh, you get the you get the issue where boba fett uh discovers the identity of yeah skywalker and uh, his relationship to vader Right. And and we get so much the imagery from Mandalorian pops up, right? We get that we yeah. get we get the gun, but I just I I don't know why I'm so obsessed about the actually I do know why I'm so obsessed that they put the faithful Wookiee up there. But I, I think Han what, looks insane in no, talked about this. <laughs> Han looks like if someone drew Adam Driver in a cartoon right before uh, he was born, that's what he looked like. I swear they is actually what they cast Adam Driver because someone someone at Lucasfilm watched this thing. But I think why I'm so excited about this thing is because like all the other things in the vintage I I've saw, I've, I've seen, they've rerun, they were available in various things. This thing was aired once. That's it. They, they never released it on anything else. So the only version I've seen is a bad 
copy of a VHS from 1978 or 1977. Right. So like to actually have this remastered, I mean, it still looks like seventies animation, but like, I, I think people are sleeping on the fact that this is kind of incredible that they found something and released something for the second time, literally 50 years after airing it and deciding never to show it again. Like, it's really cool to actually be able to see something in, in, it's like being in a time machine, how it actually looked if you're sitting at home in 1977. Yeah. 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 All right. If they were to make a, an Ewok movie today, Ooh. Yes, would I'm you thinking. watch it? Would you go yes. to see it in theaters? Well, I mean, see, I think it would be a. Who are you talking to? Right? I know, <laughs> like that's if you made like... it today. It would be an incredible film. Yeah. yeah. My follow up is: Do you make them CGI blink or not? Yeah, I think you you do CGI eyes because no. I would do. <laughs> there's so much creepier now that they CGI blink. Didn't see anything? There's this this um, video of this weird monkey on um, the internet right now. And my friend sent it to me, JT, thanks. Uh, you don't listen to this podcast, but thanks anyways. Um, and it was, what is it called? Um, it's uh, it's B-U-I-T, Buten G. Biden, some German thing. But it's this monkey and golden snub-nosed monkey. It looks like an Ewok. The way it stands, it's like a little thicker. It's it's got like this head cowl that looks exactly like the cowl that like the Ewoks wear. It's like a it's an Ewok, but it's like real and it's just as terrifying as real Ewoks. <laughs> you need to go look at it. It's on Twitter and it's on Reddit and it's on everything right now. It's just like eating carrots, but it just stands up like erect. It's it's it stands like, you know, two and a half feet tall. It's like a chubby monkey. Um, with this fur situation and it's it's terrifying and that's what i would imagine the a new um ewok i i would say if they did it today that you it would be like a horror film like yeah. they would look like these cute yeah. teddy bears it would be like gremlins you know but for yeah. 2021 or would they do it like um battlefront it, 2 yeah they would lean into the cannibalism or not cannibalism yeah. but like the fact that they they eat humans and yeah. it would well, be, be nice if a character gets stranded there and then you know, there's other things on Endor, like a giant beast creature or something like that. Oh, of and, course. And, yeah. And then the Ewoks take that thing down to show right. the ferocity. Right. Like through Ewoks. the trees, this massive, yeah. like, tusked <laughs> beast comes through. And they're like, it's going to trample me. But instead, like, a hundred Ewoks <laughs> just, like, de like destroy it in, like, four seconds. Steamroll it. Yeah. You steamroll it. <laughs> yeah. Two massive trees like pincer its head and it just like pops like a watermelon. Yeah. At a Gallagher show. Not Gallagher two. Yeah. Gallagher one. Yeah, not not the <laughs> death to false Gallagher. Um <laughs> not enough people are talking about Gallagher too. It's true. I agree. Every time That's... I'm like <laughs> Google it, people. Three, it's Gallagher, a thing. Gallagher two. Yeah. Um Gallagher three so... would be like a good album name. <laughs> so i have a question i think i think when we talked about the vintage thing a few weeks ago we talked about i i asked the question do you think they'll ever release the full holiday special and we talked a bit about that but my my other question is so it seems like now that they're they're start or disney's interesting in releasing things pre-disney pre-canon old canon star wars do you think this would be the area where they might release the original trilogy you know Unlucified, unspecial editionized. Do you think they'll ever do that? Grant, you want to take this the one? Or, the original cut? Like original, uh, original. 
possibly maybe as a um 50th anniversary that's an interesting because that would be 2017 is my math right there that that's four years ago that was the 40th i mean 2027 2027 yeah yeah Yeah. maybe that would be an interesting 50th so yeah i I, I can see them doing that yeah Yeah. maybe it's the 50th that might give it enough time. I've heard rumblings about this online as well. People are like, oh, well, they should, you know, they should do it because they have it and they, they've shown they have the technology to make it work. I'm going to go the other way and say no. No. I, yeah. I think Lucas decided he wanted to change the movies and I like the special editions. Um, yeah, sorry, this isn't. I do. And, and I mean, I don't see a need to like, like, I, I get it, um, you know, the the hardcores love the originals and they have their place and they're they're great and and all that, but um, I don't know it's so Star Wars evolves a little bit like yeah. and it changes I I don't know it's to I, me I it's more of like a it's seeing a like an artifact because I'm not like anti special editions there are literally only two scenes in the special editions that I'm very anti um, which are like what everyone's anti um, but except for you me. know I guess I'm not I love the special editions so. I love everything. Yeah, I love everything except Han not (laughs) shooting first. And well, keep looking at the new additions because, like, as they come out, those like blasts get closer and closer together. It doesn't matter how close (laughs) they get, it doesn't happen. It completely takes back his character progression. Anyway, but actually, Solo did that anyway. So maybe I'm better with it now that Solo is a thing in a weird way because that actually seems more like Solo from Han. Hey, guys. I just got over my dislike for Han shot first. Okay, so or didn't shoot first. So let's move on. So now there's just one. And come on, guys. Jedi Rocks is a piece of garbage. What do you, I listen to that every night before bed. Oh. I'm just kidding. But no, uh, it's it's not it's great, bad. but it's more. And I just it's interesting to see some it's bad. It's real bad. But here's the thing. On the whole, I like all the special edition editions. So if I have to take that with it, I think on balance. We're better for the special editions, if that makes sense. That's always my. I would fire. say that that totally makes sense, Adam, and I, I absolutely understand that point of view. <laughs> what I would like to see uh, is a little bit different from your opinion, and and is that what you know? Calling back to what I said, a full a movie while ago. Of, of Jedi Rocks musical. <laughs> exactly the Jedi Rocks, the blues. It'll be like Blues Brothers, but it'll be with Size <laughs> Noodle. Max Rebo and Size Noodle take the town. No, I, I think this vintage is is a place for them to bring uh, old canon into new canon, and that's the way yeah. it is. And like to have a different cut of the same movie doesn't really seem on brand for what Lucasfilm's trying to do, and it's it's more like redundancy. Whereas by you know pulling things in via vintage or um, what they're doing with the book series um, and just canonizing old canon. I think that's adding. It's like adding without doing any work. And, yeah. um, you know, just, otherwise it's just a, it's a, a little confusing. I um, mean, it is and it is. I guess it's how you how you put it in there, because I feel like to me, seeing the original theatrical cut is similar to like a commentary track. Right. Like, it's just a way to compare and see changes. But there's no, also the I, yeah fear. they'd have to find a way to brand it right yeah and, and under the current like construct it it doesn't fit and there's the fear of toxic fandom right of like giving right. in to toxic Why, fans yes 
which makes me nervous because I'm not that. I think, like, I just yeah. want to see that because that's what I grew up with. And so I just want to have that option of, like, do I feel like... Because I also like to show my daughter at some point, like, this is what Star Wars looked like to us as growing up. <laughs> and this is how cool it got. Like, right? Like, this is why it looks, like, better. Like, I just think it'd be really interesting as an artifact to show her. Right. And you're not alone in that, that sentiment, I'm sure. You were going to say something, Grant? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I just feel like um, I, I don't I feel like Star Wars is a brand. And if the whoever's writing that this the trilogy at the time shouldn't, you know, shouldn't, um, you know, bend to the will of toxic fans. I, I think that's yeah. why you saw a decreased role for Jar Jar Binks in Attack of the, the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And I think that's why you saw the in the Rise of Skywalker, this kind yeah. of uh, weird reversion to the classic you know tropes of star yeah. wars and i think that <coughs> snyder <can't... coughs> what was that <laughs> you can't yeah. do that you just have to have a vision and go for it just go for it yeah simply begin go for it i 100 percent agree with that grant and um not to get too deep but it's like we live in a in a world in, in America where a minority tends to steer the majority, which is yeah. not the way things should go. And, uh, you know, exactly what Grant said, Star Wars is popular for a reason. Um, they have a great IP. They have a great story. They have a great angle on their storytelling that no other movie has. Right. It's modern mythology. That's why we love it. And these stories are good stories. They have. You know, they have life lessons in them um, that that make people better people. And um, and they, you know, this great construct that George Lucas created by, you know, synthesizing a lot of great ideas from a lot of great people, including himself. And um, they should just keep riding that train. And um, and Kathleen knows that and she's going to keep steering the ship like that. And, you know, like D.C., who may or may not be floundering. OK, you want to do a Snyder cut? Like, OK. But like Star Wars at the top of their game, making a billion dollars a movie, like they're doing something yeah. right and they should keep doing it. Yeah, they clearly, if anything, if the past three years in, in Star Wars has taught them anything is just keep doing what you're doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, The Mandalorian is right. just one of the biggest. I mean, it's the only streaming show outside of Netflix. Right. To be a top 10 streaming show this year. Right. I mean, it was it was ubiquitous in pop yeah. culture. And it's about a guy in a metal suit and a little puppet. It blows my mind. It blows my mind because I remember watching that first episode going, this is amazing. Is anyone else watching? Like, who is watching this? And then it turned out everyone was watching watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I I had my pangs today. I I put on my Grogu socks um, (laughs) this morning before work. And I just like missed Mandalorian. I missed I Mandalorian I so know. much. I want so some more long. content. You can always go back. I think, yeah, that was, yeah. that's where I arrived. Yeah. I'm like, I yeah. just got to do a rewatch, I think, and just, you know, submerge myself in the, the beautiful Mandalorian verse and, yeah. uh, and do it again. I might, you know, I was like, well, do I go all the way back? Do I just do watch the second season? I don't know. I, I do. Know. I do episode two, episode three the finale of the first season and then i do all of the second season because i think all of the second season season is superb big fan of the second season yeah yeah it's so good matt savage only liked episode two he liked 
<laughs> episode two of the second season or just of the of first the... season um he well, like episode... one two and then it sort of fell off and i don't know where he stands in the second season but i'll have to uh, i'm gonna <laughs> hazard a guess he hated it <laughs> probably yeah very opinionated man he, he and i have left episode many a is, conversation is about a horror movies yeah 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 He's, Matt, Matt Savage has notes that should be a Matt, podcast. Matt and I love horror movies, but do not like the same horror movies. So we often leave a conversation saying, "I'm sorry, you feel that way." Right. That's a way. Yeah. That's alive. A lot of conversations. Especially, <laughs> yeah. Fun. All right. Well, we'll have to get Matt on here to just be. Yeah. <laughs> so you really have to hear him to appreciate. Um, this is great. This is great. I'm so glad we covered this. Um, I, I can't stress enough if even if you've watched this um, Tartakovsky series, watch it again. Um, it's awesome. Um, I'm also super stoked about our next segment. So um, if you've listened this long, hang tough because High Republic. Good stuff. Is, yeah. Hi, yeah. High Republic. We went from something old and like yeah. dark and if like you thought Tartakovsky's cold and menacing barbaric grievous was cool let's go to another menacing villain in the galaxy and then in the nile all right guys excited to talk about the uh high republic it's uh it's happening we're here every couple of weeks talking about it we got a couple of comics this week um specifically we're going to talk about the High Republic Adventures from IDW number three and uh, the High Republic Marvel series number four. Uh, we could do either order, but I'm going to go with uh, let's start with the High Republic Adventures. All let's, right. Yeah. Let's start happy and, at, and, and stressful. <laughs> Dude, I love this comic. I'm so yeah. glad it's it's a huge pain in the butt to get this offline for me. I don't know. I'm always like wary of the situation after like order it on a website and then it's supposed to magically appear in my app it always works but is it, are you are you and like you talking about the comicsology comicsology yeah comicsology to get it yeah it's 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 odd but it works but it definitely not it, it's not the same yeah. as i've had some mishaps like i don't know if i can reread any comics but i know i've been able to read the comics so that's yeah that's um, but this one's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll shout out, uh, written by Dan, Danielle, Jose Alder, older, who, by the way, if you are not following awesome. him on Instagram, you should follow him on Instagram. I mean, actually you should probably follow him on TikTok, but I'm old and just do Instagram and he just republishes everything from TikTok on Instagram. He has a pretty, uh, fun TikTok going on. I feel really old talking about TikTok. Uh, and then we have art by... <laughs> it's the tick and or talk. I'm not sure, but it seems to be effective with the younger generation. <laughs> uh, we have art by Tol uh, Harvey Tolabio, color by Rebecca Nal Nalty, letters by Jake M. Wood. Um, this is... Uh, this comic is really good. And for what they're kind of advertising as a young adult comic... There's a lot of depth going on here and really interesting storytelling, like a lot of parallel storytelling in this issue that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I love the the dueling narrative of yeah. uh, Zine's experience with the Jedi peacekeepers on Starlight Beacon and then yeah. uh, juxtaposed next to Crix's experience with the Nile, uh, the edge of the galaxy, just doing really crazy stuff like barbaric stuff um yeah 
really cool new creatures in this issue. Like they're almost like rain cores. I think they're called like Baga Bagariths or something. Yeah, they're like insect rancor. <laughs> yeah. They're terrifying. Yeah. Bagarants. Yeah. yeah. And like Bagarants, yeah. It's yeah, they're grotesque in a wonderful way. Like yeah. mandibles terrifying. going on and like Is this like is this supposed leg. to be a kids comic? Because they are terrifying. Yeah. Uh, uh, apparently it is. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, there's a scene in here that it's like, it's like, oh, you're the slug chaser, or the slime chaser. And it's like, you have to run fast or else you, not only will you get slimed, you'll get eaten by this like tooth monster. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of scary. Yeah. You got to run in love, front love of the Love that Yoda pulls a Snoke in this issue and gives <laughs> both Zine and Crick some like cloaked binary beacons. Yeah. To each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's right. He pulls the, the force Skype on them. <laughs> he's like, guess what? We got 5G. The galaxy has 5G after The Last <laughs> Jedi. We all have to communicate from long distance. It, yeah. it is interesting. And I think we'll get into this when we talk about the Marvel comic that, you know, if you want the full story of the High Republic, you really do have to read the books and the comics because they're moving the plot forward in these comics in a way that I wasn't expecting, right? Like, like there's actually... The Jedi are becoming aware of the Nile. The Nile are aware of them. The, the fact that they actually will will find out what happens in the next issue, but they are tracking each other is really interesting to be happening in a quote unquote kids comic. Yeah, I mean, there's this weird like symbiont forces that are like up against the Jedi all of a sudden. They had like no problems in the world. Everything's great. And then it's like bang in the hill, like bang the Drenjir, like right bang bang like and they're they're fighting it off on two fronts at all times and um these comics are doing a great job at sort of explaining these bo both of these foes though yeah. it actually seems like they've sort of fanned off right so in this idw um higher public adventures they're dealing with the hill more and then um and the, the comic we're going to get to next um yeah. they're dealing with the, the drenger which is not what i would have expected right if you right. you would ask me to predict i would have gone the opposite on that because the Nile or Nahil seem like a more, they seem deeper when I first met them, right? Like they seem like they're a lot going on, but but the the Drengers we'll talk about are really cerebral, right? Right, and we still don't know the scope of their capability. No, again, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But I, you know, in this comic, I'm impressed that again, Marcion Rowe, the big bad of the first first book in the series we get a lot of he gets a lot of screen time right we actually see yeah. what he looks like uh, we can talk about whether or not this is how we visualized him but we now know next <laughs> time we read you know one of these novels this is what's going to be in our head for martian row right uh grant what do you think about martian row i i love how 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 much he gets to talk in this comic honestly like it was cool yeah. to see him ordering the nile around and uh just being this head honcho figure uh, the visuals don't really match up with the Martian row I had imagined and Charles Sewell described in the light of the Jedi. I think there was a red eye that was described and this one has like a blue visor with a painted sun on it. And, um, I'm thinking it's like much like Avar Chris is used in this, in this comic. I think it's just this kind of like analogous for the faction, right? It's like, like Chris is the Jedi and Moreau is the Nile in a lot of ways. And it's just a visually, if we want to show some kind of like symbolism and you want to do some kind of visual metaphor and visual storytelling, you can use yeah. those two characters and they represent the entire factions. 
Right. I, I will say that this Martian row that we see in this comic feels a lot different from the concept art we got several months ago, which is like it's concept art. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I was surprised. He's like big burly dude in black, you know, frayed, crazy clothing. And then, yeah, his helmet looks wild. Yeah. And I, I know think, when we, yeah, when we first saw him at the end of the first issue, I think on one of the episodes we had had a discussion of, is that Martian row? It said it was on right. Wikipedia, but it didn't really match what we thought it would look like, but they have gone full and this is Martian row. And speaking of that kind of blue starburst eye pattern, I'm getting a very Rorschach thing going on. Cause uh, I'm yeah. looking at multiple yeah. panels and I feel like that thing moves. moves. Like that is actually his expression. It's really interesting. Yeah. I think they said in the book, that it was like etched on it was an eye that was etched on the glass but it doesn't feel like that in the comic at all it's like this fluid sort of design yeah. Um, yeah. that's projected on the inside of a black face mask um which is cool and it looks it looks pretty great um i really love the the duology of this comic it, it's like yeah i mean if you're gonna do a a kid's comic like this is like this is how you do it it's you know you respect them but like you're teaching lessons in a way that are like it's sort of you can get people to go along with you you, you there's two ways you can go right you can go the velvet glove or the iron fist and you can be really good to people and and be honest with them and and have them see your way or you can terrify them and make it feel like they have no choice yeah. And and that's the you know, these two kids that are sucked into two different like universes all of a sudden off their planet um, as our avatars, Crix and, and Zine. And yeah. uh, and, you know, and, and you get these two stories just like really rough cuts in between scenes and um, and going back and forth. And yeah, I mean, just like so much respect to Daniel Jose Alder. Like I I, I love his characters. I love his storytelling. Um and he's he's pushing like you know young reader content to, yeah. to like everything and it's where it's to the extent where it's like I really enjoyed this comic I really yeah. I really liked this and yeah the final split frame oh. that final split frame yeah just wow yeah. very 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 uh, powerful stuff it's really interesting like Zine's story we encounter Anakin's story again. In a little bit yeah. of a way, right? There's a big debate about Zine is too old, too old to be trained, right? Let's talk about this. Are they going to let her in? About sending her back to Trimon Four. It was really it. Yeah. It was the politics. You got a sense of yeah. the politics. It's cultural it's, relativism. It, it's yep. dark. This is traumatic stuff. Like yeah. she, or basically, she had to leave her planet because it was in jeopardy, and uh, and then she's with the the Jedi now, and. She's too old to be trained, uh, and it's, she's extremely powerful with the Force. I mean, yeah. you stop, like, a spaceship from, like, falling on, like, debris. Right. There's, like, some LGBTQ energy here, too, where it's, like, she's, like, finally, I can just be myself. And, like, I yeah. can just yeah. feel comfortable in my own skin because, she like, on her planet, the Force was, like, repressed, and it was something yeah. to, to not be a thing, and now she could be herself. I mean... I mean, as a fan and just reading this, like I want the Jedi to take her in, but the way the storytelling's going, and you know, maybe they won't. What what do you guys think? Do you think the Jedi will ultimately train Zine or no? I think Lula might train Zine. 
Yeah, I can see that happening. Like on the side. Yeah. Yeah. I I think so because I think there's this fear of right. Like so, it's funny because you mentioned the LGBTQ energy and and I totally see that. And where I came from when I I was reading it is I teach a course on human rights, and we have this when we look at basic human rights and we look at the UN. And we look at the plight of refugees, which in a lot of ways she's a refugee, right? Like she's yeah. leaving her planet, which is dangerous. Is like one of the recommendations is that and, and requirements is that you cannot ethically send a refugee back to a situation in which you know they're in danger of being harmed, right? If they're right. if they're if the situation and so that's the kind of what I read is that the Jedi are in the situation of like, well, we can't send her back because if we send her back, she's she's in danger. But we can't train her because she's too old. But at the same time, as you mentioned, she's super powerful in the Force. So it's like, what do you do? Is is an untrained, powerful Jedi more dangerous than a tra- training someone who's too old? Like, isn't that the question? Right. I mean, it's the Anakin question in a lot of ways, again, but I don't know what the answer is. Where she's an orphan, right? So it's not like she has connection. I mean, I yeah. feel like that they would be the best place for an orphan to go no matter the age. Like. What are you going to do? Send a person who's powerful in the force, knows they're powerful in the force, out into the world without any training? That seems like a recipe for disaster. But it's interesting. We flash back to like Mandalorian and Ahsoka, the Ahsoka we saw would have sent her back out in the wild and been like, just like ignore it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Based off what she saw of her old master. Yeah. Well, I'm sure her destiny lies with Crix after this issue. I'm thinking. Well, yeah, Crix is the other one, right? Under the Jedi, and he might train under the Nile, and then as right. warriors, they might clash again. That would yeah. be the and Star Wars. Crix learned how to survive in the Nile very, very quickly. Right? How yeah. to how to selling out his survive. that was dark, yeah. man. It was that very was dark. really dark. He was like sending his mentor to death, which is yeah. wild, just yeah. as for self preservation. And I mean, that's the kind of thing that pressure and anxiety and like you know, and fear will do to a person. It's just like make bad decisions. Yeah. 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 It was a very adult comic. <laughs> well, speaking of adult comics, you want to talk about Star Wars, the High Republic number four, the Marvel series? Sure do. do it. All this right. One, I did not see this coming at all. No. Yeah. Either of you, did you see this? Oh, this blew my mind. This was incredible. This is I mean, it's reminiscent of Dark Disciple and Quinlan Voss and obviously reminiscent of Mace Windu and a lot of these characters that tap into the dark side to understand it better. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. And to use and to that defeat. knowledge to thwart it and to fight fire with fire. And it's fascinating. This this turn was fascinating. And it was I think it was I thought it was so well done because. Yeah. It didn't we, happen. I didn't see it there, there were opportunities where it could have happened. He could have broken out of his trance, but then it was it was kind of at a moment I wasn't expecting it, where you're like, oh, he's he actually is in, he's in control and he's learning how to like link up with the Drenger, like the telepathy right. of the Drenger. So, but, so if you haven't read this comic, Skier, he's a Trandoshan. He's this big, scary lizard monster Jedi. Essentially, he let himself get possessed by the Drenger yeah. to understand them. And like to to mind link with their cult so we could defeat them from the inside, which yeah. never saw that coming at all. But I think they're playing on his like physicality. It's just sort of like, yeah. yeah, he's a big, scary lizard monster with huge teeth. He's a really good guy. And it's like, you know, it's easy to fall in that pit where it's like, oh, I guess he's turned to the, you know, Drengier and now he's a bad guy. But like they're not they're not doing that. 
Um, yeah, it's a clear book versus cover, right? Like right. The, the economy. Um, and just as a reminder, the trends here, if you don't remember, are a species of what sentient plant like yeah. animals that feed on dark side energy or yeah, that on... forever used us as like food. The plants just yeah. used humans as food. They're carnivorous plants and creatures that just like yeah. And I think we, we first saw them in what? Was it the light of the Jedi? No. Into the dark. Into the dark. By so, Claudia Gray. Yeah, turns out that was a pretty pivotal thing, right? Yeah. Did I read this comic correctly? Yes. It feels like when they yeah. move those totems out there, not only did they release the Drengir in that little biome, yeah. they released it them everywhere. Well, yeah. Also like the progenitor, right? Like that giant, the planet with the... the 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 kind of halo rings surrounding yeah that's the one i'm talking about it's basically a biosphere and it's 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 got the progenitor or like the 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 master drenger drenger or the queen drenger it's like the 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 main one yeah uh, and it even shows imagery of the sith kind of visiting the does from from right the sith saved the galaxy from the drenger like they so they tried to harness them as like their battle comrades and when they were like, okay, that's good. We control everything. Then they were like, we'll just kill the plants. We'll just get a weed whacker, a, a lightsaber weed whacker, and, and take them back. And they ended up using Sith Force dark magic to conceal them on the Progenitor, which is this planet that um, uh, Claudia Gray so nicely suggested before the series that was an important <laughs> place. It turns out, yeah. yep, sure was. Yeah, yeah, But now important. they're released along the galaxy. And- it's like literally enemies are growing like weeds and further understanding this in uh in the tapestry of the canon in the rise of kylo ren comic this is where mm-hmm. we meet snoke this is where yeah. ben solo after he leaves the temple meets with snoke yeah. possibly not for the first time right i i don't think i i don't it could have been the first time maybe it was the first time but you seem to know where to find him in person, but I feel like they have been communicating via the force for quite a while. I feel like they met in person somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. I, I, I don't think it's like clear a either first way. meeting, you know, yeah. and he knew where to go. It wasn't like, oh, how am I going to find Snoke? He was like, he's on the progenitor. Yeah. That's but, and was, That's yeah. the thing is like, again, these comics are like, like I, I read into the dark and thought I had a really good understanding of what happened. <laughs> and then reading this comic was like, oh, no, there was so much more going on right under the surface of this that is just really moving the entire plot of this multimedia project forward like the the drenger is like we were told that they were going to be a big deal before we read any of these things and after reading into the dark i'm like yeah that was a cool book i don't really see where the drenger are going after this and this issue i'm like oh boy they're everywhere (laughs) they're everywhere and so at this point in the comic and we'll talk about the end in a second (laughs) We have two big bags, big, big bads in the in the in the uh, in the galaxy, right? We have the Nile and the Drenger, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how they're. We have now have the Jedi basically fighting wars on two fronts. Exactly. Just have Spoiler to, alert: soon to be three fronts, but we'll get there. Just guard and care <laughs> for the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we got a nice uh, alien moment slash contagion moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. These two. We <laughs> the Drenger exploding out of the dead carcass of a heart. That was that was awesome. I was very happy I, about that moment. It was so great, though. I was really hoping we were about to get a zombie hut at some point. Like I thought the Drenger was going to yes. control the body and make it start moving around, but I will take an exploding hut. 
Yeah, and as far as film references go, like speculators out there, like this issue is actually quite good because it's got a Matrix reference right off the bat. Like the mm-hmm. first few first few pages of this comic are are Keeve and Skier training on a cliffside, and it's it's basically yeah. the the jump uh, demo from the Matrix. Yeah. yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, good call. I didn't see that, but you're hundred percent right. And they they've done this. Um, they played this out in um, Light of the Jedi. Oh my gosh! Between the Loden Great Storm and his Padawan, um, and yep. uh, where he Loden just keeps dropping his Padawan from various heights, right? And usually and, saving and it, ha- but but finally, like there was a time where he's like, "You got to take care of yourself. Good luck. We're all counting on you." This also happens in. This is deep cut now because we're going back a few months now. Um, oh, you Age right. of Resistance yep. issue, Kylo Ren, Kylo. where yeah, Snoke yeah, yeah. and Kylo are on Dagobah, and I think, or maybe they're on Dagobah. No, they're on. Um, I think they might have been on the Progenitor. They may. Have, yes, I think they were on the Progenitor. And uh, it's a gross word, by the way, but let's Kylo. Just... Kylo falls. Uh, into like a a pit and and it's gonna be impaled Snoke on the spikes shit. and Snoke catches him and just like Skier catches Keeve in this issue. This guy, interesting mirror for those of you reading the comics, but um, right as far as the films go, I don't think we get any shots like that. Yeah, um, it's it was a pretty pretty amazing comic. It it I don't know details like that like the synergy it just makes you really happy like. It's an attention to detail that I don't expect from my literature, a synergy I don't expect. Um, and yet they keep giving it. And, you know, even looking at the Tartarovsky or Tartakovsky stuff is like, yeah, like they they were they weaved their narratives, really beautiful, colorful, um, thought out narratives together in such a beautiful way with all the other uh, media around them, but they're doing such a great job with high Republic. I'm, I'm really high on this and I I hope high Republic um, ends up as live action someday. And they really flesh it out and go in there. As far as the, the Drenjir exploding out of the hut on starlight beacon, they say right then that this is, this may test their like quarantine, their containment, area and right, i was like right i was like this is so great that they're like they, they just built this facility at fresh it feels so sparkly new like they just built yeah it. and they're already it, trashing it yeah but i do feel like that's foreshadowing because i i think this place is doomed like why do we not hear about it in <laughs> right. the prequels like, like right this it's is gonna another, be a, like is... a ghost satellite and like <laughs> yeah four years. exactly yeah so we i think we all have that heavy in our minds or we're like this there's no way this sparkling tower, you know, remains. It's gonna, it's gonna fall to ruin at some point. Yeah, They're gonna have the, the Battle of Gondolin, like you know, <laughs> at some point. Yeah, good call. With the Drenger, right? It just takes the Nile releasing the Drenger on Starlight Beacon, or I don't know, chemical weapons and Drenger. Yeah. Totally. All right. Should we talk about the third front that the uh, Jedi are soon to be fighting? Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. What's the third front? Uh, The third front would be the uh, Glorious Hut Cartel. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Right, your whole backdrop. 
recent Star Wars comic history is this final panel. Yeah. Actually, it's not the final panel. It's actually the final. It's the last couple pages, I think, where you see the ship. It's like a like a hut skiff. Yeah. Like roars over them and it's like you think it's like a nile vessel or something it looks yeah. just like i thought it was nile for the, the so did i but we have gamorian guards riding <laughs> armored um rancors. Uh, rancors coming out and just a hut in armor with a skull necklace riding a hover sled of some kind right in the hut like i'm looking at him behind you he has back armor. He's essentially like a like turtle, and except yeah. his shell is covered in spikes, like huge, like three foot spikes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks awesome. And we were kind of this was hinted at. The, the, some there's been some stuff about this. This has been in some of the novels, been hinted at. Some of the stuff we've read that like the huts are there, right? They're gonna take advantage of the situation. So I really do think this is gonna start playing out in more of the higher public stuff that we do have the Jedi being pulled in so many different directions. That's going to be hard for them to keep the center. Yeah. And and not only the higher public series, but the star Wars mate run and the uh, war of the bounty hunters. Yeah. I believe yep. we'll have a lot of Jabba. Yeah. Wait for Jabba. Hut. Oh, nice. And I think this is great synergy that we're getting into the hut cartel and the higher public. And I think in the Star Wars main run, we're going to get Jabba, you know, enlisting every bounty hunter to recover Han. Is it is it too early to start talking trash about our um, like our our predictions, our predictions episode that happened a couple weeks ago, it's, which is up on our Discord? It's never, it's never it. too soon. To oh, yeah, because I, I don't know. One of us said that maybe uh, Kevin Feige might do a uh, hut origin story. And I'm just mm. saying Early returns are tracking towards we're going to learn yeah. more about the huts and yeah. they'll buy a, yeah, buy that, buy on that, yeah, well, <laughs> buy in on that theory. I assume Hut has worked with more people than Han and Boba Fett, so I think he is a character that you could, you know, have featured in a story with a, you know, another kind of smuggler or, you know, space pirate character. Yeah, you could. I mean, just the hut story from the original trilogy would be fascinating. I would. I mean, my. So we're talking about you're talking about like a slugged main character, essentially. Like, uh... well, my my theory was that there was going to be a series about like the the huts, like their their travails from being slugs in a swamp to yeah. being kingpins on the um, now Hutta, like taking over a whole like new region of space and becoming like kingpins mm. It'd be like a i don't know like a casino in space or something like that i don't know but i like it i'm here for this yeah totally yeah more huts and like definitely looking at an armored hut going into battle flying <laughs> by two rancors <laughs> being ridden by gamorian guards is like okay yeah i'm yeah. there i'm there for that but yeah but more java please like in the yeah. future It'd be nice to get some of that. Like, we could get some of it in the Boba's. Well, I guess not really. He's dead in Boba's series, but. No, but there might be other. Yeah, no, probably no Jabba, but maybe other huts, right? We might get some huts in that. I would be shocked, actually, if we don't get a hut. I would Um, like to go to Narshada with Boba Fett. Yeah, that would be amazing. That would be great, Grant. You know, like, that's one thing we haven't talked about, like, scenes in that, like, him delving into the underworld in live action. 
like to either recruit or just like lay down the law, that would be really cool. It would be. I uh, I love it. I hope so. I those so planets, hope they do those that. planets are kind of like Blade Runner cyberpunk worlds too. Like right. Filled with yeah. like gaseous fumes everywhere. And mm-hmm. Yellow, yellow, reddish, toxic skies. Yeah. Right. Totally. So well, we have a couple of more issues of these comics before the next books in the series come out. But I want to talk about those books for a second because we have two books coming out on the same date, which is June 29th are the next two novels in the series. And the first is the young adult book by Daniel Jose Alder called the race to crash point tower. All right. And then we also have, uh, the rising storm by Kevin Scott. So what we're having is our two comic authors writing books. So I think we have to pay real close attention to what's happening in these comics. And so, I think we're going to get a lot of Drenger and a lot of huts in Kevin Scott's The Rising Storm, which is the first, which is the next, like, I I, I don't know, know the best way. To, I, I always say adult novel, but that sounds sexy. But you know what I'm saying? Like the, the right. novels written for adults. Yeah, the yes. main run. The main run. Main run. run. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I guess, supposed, is it a trilogy or a series of books? The, the Higher Republic? It's a series because on, on, you know, your, your, large conglomerate website they refer to it as the high republic book two okay interesting yeah yeah those are going to be great looking forward to them um a little uh, brief on next week we're going to do we have a special edition next week we're bringing in uh someone into a fourth chair next week it's uh casual jason uh from casual jason's youtube fame and twitch fame and um he's been our most prolific (laughs) Uh, contributor on discord um and uh good dude but we're gonna all talk about the science of star wars yeah which is we don't didn't really include it on a pillar but um it's important to talk about it's like yeah there's the a very interesting use of science in star wars which is really fantasy myth and and sort of leans away from science like classic sci-fi in so many ways um but that's what we're going to talk about um midichlorians for (laughs) <laughs> let's get into it because i mean like yeah the general consensus is you don't bring up the science of star wars because it's you know labeled a space fantasy but right let's get into That's... it because i feel like it's super fun like and especially yeah. because you know after the sequel trilogy and after some of the storytelling that's the modern storytelling we're, we're reading now it's like hyperspace travel you know um transponders beacons uh telecommunications things like that are becoming more and more important in some of yeah. the plots and storylines and the, let's look into they, it. they it flirt with it right it'll be interesting to talk about those jason next week because they definitely flirt with sci-fi tropes and then right. kind of skirt away from it a little bit and i feel like they've done it'll be interesting to get his perspective i feel like they did a little more with that in the sequel trilogy than some of the other ones right like i just think of the holdo maneuver right like that's right. super interesting, and that deafening silence of space is really fascinating in terms of like no right. sound in space. So we'll talk some more about that. I think. Yeah, next totally. Week. All my, my whole life growing up, I had this nerdy dad that would just be like, "By the way, that's bad science." <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay, yeah. dad, I get it. That great, right?" There's Your nerdy no dad sound in get space, along. and so tie fives don't make awesome noises. But like, would you rather hear awesome noises? I would. Um, I- yeah, I remember watching the show Firefly and there's a scene where there's no sound in space. And I looked up to my partner at the time and said, there's because there's no sound in space. 
and then she just glared at me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought the holdem maneuver was the closest thing you could get to the opening shot of A New Hope and kind of the grandiosity. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, opening. interesting. I think it's I think it's as close as you can get as a director today, and uh, I applaud. You're a big holdem fan. Yeah, big fan of that moment. Yeah. There was like one other time that there was silence in uh, in a, a Star Wars film, and it was in you know probably the best film that's ever been made, Attack of the Clones. And um, it is the, the best prequel. Yeah, right. The Secretly. dog, Secretly. right? The dog fight between Obi Wan Kenobi oh, and Jack. That wait, that and, fight is holds up, guys. Like it's that so fight good. Is still incredible. It's my favorite like, sound in Star Wars. Right, and they it's the blasters are good too, but even even the uh, slave ones blasters like the yeah, oh it's so auto good. turrets are <laughs> really... oh yeah, they, they sound amazing. They sound amazing. Great sound yeah. design, incredible. But yeah, it's so so it's like he drops this charge. It's like an imploder instead of an exploder. So it just like sucks all the noise in, and it's quiet, and it's like thwaw. This like dubstep <laughs> like bass drop. So I know Jason's listening, so so he's going to be not surprised, but I feel like first question. So science? (laughs) Like we talk about Jango Fett's sonic charges. Right, exactly. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait to do it. I have no idea what we'll get, but um, it'll be great to get Jason in live action instead of just um, speaking over the random interwebs. So uh, it's going to be a blast. So check us out next week. It's going to be a fun episode. Um, Thanks very much for listening to us this week. As always, uh, it's been a blast. And you know what? May the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Just looks like us rattling off random. Wait, do you know what the chemistry might be like with Anthony Mackie and uh, uh, Sam Rockwell? And oh, I don't think TV can oh, handle it. Oh my god, dude! I don't. Yeah, <laughs> only if Daniel Brule and Sam Rockwell have a dance off at some point, <laughs> oh, and then that would be <laughs> <laughs> that would melt fucking Sunset Boulevard.